Now, where did I put it? Hmm. Ah, here it is. Welcome to the Toolbox. Tools for life and everything in between. Stuff you can use or toss, it's up to you. Howdy y'all. This podcast is actually a dual podcast and it'll be broadcast on both Carl McPhee's and mine. So that's why we have questions from me and questions from him. So without further ado, we'll get started. Hey everybody, thanks for uh, tuning in once again. I am Chance Bros, obviously, and I got together today with a uh, really cool dude down in Calgary. I'm going to let him introduce himself as per usual, so we'll start out right off. Uh, who are you and what is your military background? All right, well, I'm Carl McPhee, and uh, I only spent three years in the military, but um, it was three good years. I was in the 3rd Battalion, Princess Patricia's Canadian Light Infantry, way back in, in 1995 to 1998. So that was... Uh, Old school. Old school, good times. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Um, and what do you do now? Uh, well, currently, I, I do a, f- a couple of things, but for the most part, you know, over these last 20 years, I've been in the health and wellness industry as a, as a fitness coach and a, and a life, life coach and a nutrition coach. Um, so basically, you know, consider that a health and wellness coach, but I'm also in school uh, officially now for nursing too. So it's uh, on, on to a new career, basically. <laughs> Another new career. Keener, holy cow, going to town. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, how was your? You said you've been at it for about twenty years now, and as soon as you said that, I was like, oh man, it's been twenty years since the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been more than twenty years. Now. Yeah, but uh, I, you know, I remember the nineties like they were, you know, a few years back, and now it's. I'm just like, oh yeah. man, two whole decades, crazy. Yeah. Uh, so, like you said, you were only in for three years. Did you mm-hmm. have a solid transition? Did you have a crummy transition? Was it like how did it go? No, it wasn't good at all. Um, as we've we've discussed this a little bit, but the reason why I had to get out of the military is because I ended up having a seizure when I was in Bosnia in '97. So that led to uh, you know a fairly quick transition out of the military. And at that time, there really wasn't. Well, there wasn't any, <laughs> there was, there was no transition services whatsoever. I, I actually don't remember even having any mental health supports um, with awesome. respect to, yeah, like nothing whatsoever. Right. Um, and for someone who was leaving the military, uh, not of their own, you know, not on my own accord, it was, you know, I was being sort of forced out because of my health and, and uh, it was a, it was a tough time. And, I, what I do remember of my transition is going to human resources, signing some papers saying, here's your thousand dollars or whatever that was accumulated for <laughs> the three years that you were in. And, um, you know, make sure you give us an address and see you later. <laughs> that sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that led to, uh, you know, three or four years of, of difficulty for sure. Uh, trying to deal with and manage the fact that my life was basically twisted upside down and inside out fairly quick yeah no doubt that's um <laughs> that's a, that's a rough go now i you know it's been a while but in terms of your transition for others that have been going through you know some pretty rough transitions uh nowadays do you have any any advice yeah i do um you know looking back to mine i was i was a young guy i didn't really you know know uh, much about advocacy and and I didn't know anything about veterans affairs. Nobody said anything to me about that. 
but I, I do know now that transition is a little bit better in the military is there is actually a transition process. But more importantly, I think that uh, we have to be able to advocate for ourselves, educate ourselves and reach out and ask the questions that, that we don't know the answers to. And, and we keep, I think you said it on one of your podcasts recently, you just keep asking until somebody finally gets frustrated enough <laughs> to, you know, to look up the answer for you or to do the work that you're asking them to do. And, and uh, I learned that probably over the last five years, you know, finally I ended up, uh, you know, working with veterans affairs and it was only through my own advocacy that I figured I figured out the system a little bit. And, you know, I have to, if I can't figure out how to fill out the amount of paperwork that they give you, then you walk down <laughs> to the Veterans Affairs office and say, I have no idea how to do this and you need to help me right now. <laughs> yeah. And that's, and that's basically what I did. And I, I ended up getting uh, the case, one of the case managers there to sit with me for a few hours to fill out the paperwork and, and let me know what, you know, what, the, what it all meant. And, uh, it, you know, I did get good support when I actually made the phone calls and showed up. Yeah. So that's my, that's my thing. You just have to be willing and able to put one foot in front of the other and, and I guess swallow your pride a little bit and say, I need help. Yeah. That is one of the hardest things to do. And it is one of the most effective things you can possibly imagine once you do it though. <laughs> so it, it's a, it's a tough one to just. To, to bite the bullet but once it's done it uh you know leaps and bounds you can make in your in your own transition but so so has your training your three years uh, of time in and did that help you in your uh coaching in your in your civilian life or your former military life mm -hmm. um because you're never yeah, really yeah. a civilian anymore once you do the training <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're you're a retired military member yeah right? Uh, you know the, the saying in the Patricias is once a Patricia always a Patricia. And Dirty I'm Patricia. Sure it's the same. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's the same amongst a lot of the other regiments yeah. too. But I really think, like, even though it was only three years, it, you learn a lot. And you know, at that time in my life, I was fairly fairly malleable at, at a young young age. Um, and it had you know, there's a lot of good leadership skills that you can pick up. And that I picked up in the process. And I remember, you know, still to this day, I'll say that, you know, people like, uh, I don't know if you ever worked with John McNabb. Um, you know, he was, he was, a, yeah, he was a guy that led from the front, right? You know, if, he, if we had to do push-ups, he did them with us. If you, you know, if we had to go for a, a 10K run for punishment, he did it with us. And, and you know, he, there was a lot, a lot of education and teaching and, um, you know, when there was downtime, I remember that, you know, we had instructors that pulled us aside and said, Hey, you know, even though it's downtime, we can still learn. So a lot of that stuff I took with me and applied it to, you know, not only my education, but not only my business and, and working with clients, but just in myself, my own health and wellness and, uh, with my family and my kids. And, and I think that, uh, those are the things that I pull from the military and I think one of the other big things is sort of the rite of passage that we all go through, right? You build the adversity and, and sort of really learn a lot about yourself. And learn. I was saying to a friend of mine as we were hiking a mountain <laughs> just the other day, is that you, know, you really learn what your body and your mind is actually capable of. And I think those are some of the things that have stuck with me, Absolutely. even though it's over 20 years later. Yeah, I... You know, it, it's a blessing and a curse at the same time because, <laughs> you know, you get out and you're like, oh, yeah, my body can totally take this. And then you just like, 
you either overwork yourself or you do something stupid and you end up getting hurt. Then you're like, ah, oh, I forgot I'm old and broken and all these. Yeah, I've done, and I've done that many times. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm turning 44 here in another month and a bit. You know, there's aches and pains, but you know, I just have to learn to adapt to my, what my body is able to do. But at the same time, you know, I, I'm I'm smart enough to know what I can do and. And when I need to sort of scale it back a little bit. Well, that's one thing most people don't know. So <laughs> <laughs> I've learned that I've learned the hard way. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is, uh, I think the biggest thing that we get from the military, especially is, uh, especially the combat arms is the ability to just endure, right? Like it mm-hmm. just, it, you could be having the worst possible day and you're like, you know what? I just got to make it till morning. And then, wake up the next day and you're like all right i just gotta make it till lunch and it doesn't really matter what happens you just mm-hmm. like it sucks don't get me wrong and you can you know aches and pains and um difficulties and challenges and having all kinds of things happen to you but you just keep going and i think that's one of the things that really permeates a lot of the veterans especially in the uh the community now that uh that's one thing we need to really highlight because people forget that they can do that yeah i i, I think you were uh, talking with that with um, it was Chris Williams, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, talking about that topic exactly is that you know we we tend to forget or take for granted <laughs> you know our abilities and what we're we were able to do when we were in the military, and then once we get out, it's it's um, you know you think especially for an infantry grunt, right? Well, what is it that I learned that I can actually apply in the civilian world? And I was talking with Chris Toombs uh, on one of my podcasts recently, and we had that discussion too. It was like, man, like there's a ton of stuff that we can take uh, from our experience, and a lot of it is is, is you know leadership and and uh, the ability to to overcome when <laughs> we we think that we're you know tucked back in the corner we can't possibly fight any longer but somehow we find that energy to to bring us uh bring us forward again or or at least pivot yeah absolutely i you know when i was going through um schooling for my business diploma and we had to do resumes and stuff and i stared at it for a really long time (laughs) i was just like what am i like blowing stuff up doesn't you know as much as good as it looks for me on a resume (laughs) not really a, a you know a skill set that you can uh, bring into the civilian world. And it, you know, I, I had to uh, take a bite of humble pie at one point and I asked some guys that had been through school and uh, had gone through the resume process and getting hired somewhere else and all those other things. And they said, you know what, break it down, mm-hmm. break down blowing stuff up. And I was like, okay, well, what's the first thing you got to do? You got to be able to recce the, the objective. So you can, you can plan and organize multiple people in a, in one area. That's, that's a huge skill in the civilian world. Um, you can do math and uh, calculations and equations under stress. Again, huge skill for the civilian world. You, again, mm-hmm. like you said, leadership and um, uh, and management and just the, those abilities, once you break them down from what you think of, oh, you know, I carried a gun around, I shot things. Well, there's, there's <laughs> lots of little things in there that you can actually break down and are effective in the civilian world. And again, I think we forget yeah. No, of course, when I mean, you think about safety, yeah, uh, I mean, there's there's nowhere <laughs> that you know, as a C9 machine gunner, uh, you know, carrying you know, a couple hundred rounds and, and grenades and that type of stuff, and a pistol uh, around a city, or um, no machine gun in the city when I was in Bosnia, but you know, a rifle and a pistol, and and uh, you know, you got to be smart about 
the small things, yep. just the small details. And I remember that, you know, always paying attention to detail. And that's something you can put on a resume too. Right? You're, you're very detail oriented. You're very, you're a team player. Uh, you know, all of those things add up. And I remember going through the, that, that process as well as learning how to write a resume and having that coaching support, uh, you know, with respect to what I, <laughs> what I did in, in my short term in the military and, there was a lot of stuff where I was ta- told like, oh yeah, you, this fits and, and just word it differently than the way you're saying it and word it the way the civilian, uh, the, you know, the, whether it's the private industry or the uh, public industry wants to hear it and yeah. it'll all work out for you. Yeah. I had a, a friend tell me that he's like, write yourself a PER as if you were someone else. Yeah. And that's your ba- resume basically. And I was like, oh yeah, that guess that kind of makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyway so the uh the key thing i think that i think we're just kind of reiterating 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 is that we all have skills right <laughs> and absolutely we can use them i yeah. uh one of the things is when you said safety i was thinking about uh i was a c9 gunner too and when i was walked around uh, in afghanistan and i had the c9 with like 1200 rounds plus uh <laughs> grenades plus explosives in my back plus my debts in my pocket and my uh time fuse in my other pocket and all these other things that you know safety's kind of out the window when you're over there but at the same time it's one of the most important things right like i yeah i made sure that my uh my debts were in my cigarette pack in my arm but they were separated by a cigarette each so there was no chance of sparking between them Mm -hmm. you know i kept my debt fuse or my uh, time fuse in my right leg pocket and uh, i kept them in separate little baggies so that they didn't uh, get any water in them or they didn't get anything. So like, even though you're not supposed to do any of that, I was still maintaining a safe presence with those items without following the strict, super strict guidelines of Canada. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was doing it without being told. I just was like, this seems like the safest way to do this. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's another example of something that you picked up from being in the military, right? Is the ability to work on your own and, and make decisions on your own that will, that will lead to a, a better outcome. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a huge skill that, uh, again, a lot of people forget. So if you're listening, mm-hmm. make sure you put it on your resume. <laughs> I can make critical decisions <laughs> under pressure anyway. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> the things that uh, we want to talk about is worth. Now mm-hmm. that, that word is pretty big, right? Like, I mean, you could put worth into anything in terms of, uh, you know, self-worth in terms of external worth, um, physical worth, like value, the, how much something is, um, monetarily worth that kind of stuff. So give me a, a little snippet on what you believe worth means. Hmm. It's interesting because when we were talking about, you know, what is the tool, what is the tool that we're going to talk about? It, that was the first thing that sort of came to my mind. And it's one of the things that I've worked on for a very long time and it's related to it's related to you know the identity that i had in the military and then the identity that i lost and then the identity that i gained back uh you know once i was able to sort of crawl back out of my hole but the what i think worth is is sort of that ability like it's well of course you can say it's that fitting in right it's that that i fit in with a group or or an organization but more importantly it's what is it that I bring to the table or what is it I bring to that circle mm. and how is it that I'm valued in that community? And I think that's the self-worth and it's not really an external thing as much as it is an internal thing. Right. And, and that, I think that's a really big way to, you know, to, to look at it. It's like, if you're always viewing your worth based on external sources, I don't know necessarily if it's a true worth, 
versus a worth that you feel and you, you wake up every morning, you feel, you know, I have something co- to contribute to this world. That's much stronger than uh, having to rely on other people telling you your worth, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. It actually leads into exactly what I wanted to talk about in that there is a utility of like an external elements of worth, right? So you, <clears throat> when I work with horses, right, I, I look at me working with horses physically as a worthwhile affair, right? Like it, it brings worth and experience to me and I get a sense of accomplishment of doing it. Right. So that, that's what I mean when I say an external element of worth. Mm-hmm. And then there's the, the integration of internal elements. So, you know, learning lessons from experiences, from uh, accomplishments, from other people saying, Hey man, you did a good job, right? The ability to learn a lesson is also extremely worthwhile. But where would you think, where do you think the line is on that? Because if all you do, like you said, if all you do is wait for somebody to say, hey man, good job, you don't really have much self-worth, right? Mm -hmm. But on the flip side, if all you do is work until you think you've done good, then you you could basically (laughs) get up from the couch and eat Cheetos all day and say, you know what, that was a good day. I guess it's all relative to the individual, right? And what, <laughs> yeah, what is what is what is your vision for for your life, right? And I think that's that's the important piece of it. Um, you know, I, I'm thinking about David Goggins as you're talking about this, and um, you know, there's a there's a I don't know. Are you familiar with David Goggins? Yeah, I am. I, I have my own little view of him, but we can do that later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so there's, there's the side of, of him where people think, you know, he's crazy and he's extreme and, and, and so on. But um, the other side of it is you know, when you dive into some of his lessons, it's like, you know what, the more we worry about being judged, as an example, the less we are able to live our lives. Yep, that's and I true. think, I think that's a, that's a big part of it, right? If, if I'm always worried about what other people are thinking about me, then there's no way I'm going to have any self-worth whatsoever. So when I can learn to let go of that to a certain extent, then I know that you know some of that worth is coming from me. But at the same time, it's nice to have you know. Um, I'll I'll give you this example of you know when I first got out of the military, I felt as though I was on the outside looking in all the time. Actually, right after I had my seizure, that that's where you know, sort of the, it plummeted the most. Um, as soon as we came back from Bosnia, everybody started going on course. Yeah, I went through. I went through my military experience only getting you know workup training for Bosnia, survival training, and and, and a tour. <laughs> I didn't get any specialized courses, and in fact, I wanted to go on the jump course, and I wanted you know there's a lot of different things, and I watched everybody do jump course, recce course, you know, driver wheel, all these, all the you know all the cool courses they get uh, as a young private. But I was watching on the outside, saying, hmm. Well, here I am in the tool crib, handing out tools to the mechanics. Yeah. And, and my mindset at that time was that there's no worth <laughs> in this job whatsoever. But now that I look back at it, you know, I can see that there was value in what I was doing. It was helping the mechanics do their job so the troops could do their job. And, you know, you go down the line, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I just had a conversation with somebody <clears throat> a couple days ago about the fact that, you know, everybody has a job. And everyone has mm-hmm. a job for a reason because, you know, the infantiers can't worry about supply <clears throat> and the engineers mm-hmm. can't worry about air support and the artillery can't worry about whether or not the trucks work, right? This is, they have a very specific job to do and mm-hmm. everybody integrates into each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, without that, 
it's just a broken machine, right? It's just a bunch of people tripping over each other trying to figure out what the fuck to do. <laughs> it's like a bunch of recruits. Pretty much, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, everyone thinks they're they're in charge and everyone thinks they're the best. But you know, I um I gave this example to my buddy I was talking to, and we were we just come back from Afghanistan. We were in Cyprus and we were doing a um, anger management class, and mm-hmm. like we were not happy about being there to begin with, but. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like they, they were, we had to get through this class so that we go drinking later. <laughs> and that was, mm-hmm. that was the important part. And, um, the guy that was leading the class, the social worker was, he was like, so what, uh, what angers you? And 95% of the class, it was like leadership, um, not getting the shit we're supposed to supply issues, blah, blah, blah. And as I was looking around the room, I was like infantry, infantry, artillery, engineer, engineer, armored, armored, infantry, infantry. Like it was just all <laughs> combat arms. Right. Yeah. And, uh, we went through this whole class of basically us 45 minutes worth of us just bitching to this guy. And, uh, <laughs> the last few seconds he was like, okay, everybody, I understand where you guys are all coming from, but you in the back corner, haven't said anything this whole class, what angers you? And he just singled this one guy out. And we like all of us turned around. And we're like, what do you got to say, bud? <laughs> and uh, he stood up and he's like, you know what? I really don't have anything to say. I was, you know, a supply tech in CAF. I don't have anything to be angry about. And then sat down. Oh, wow. And every single one of us were like, that's right. You sit your ass down. And we were like, like no, sh- <laughs> you don't have shit to complain about. But, you know, w- with time and with uh, uh, a little bit of controlling, the guy was like, no, 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 seriously, you have an issue because you were there, there's something that angered you, you know, let us know and mm-hmm. kind of forced it out of him. And he was like, you know, my biggest issue was not being able to get supplies out to you guys. Yeah, there you go. And we were like, oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense because of the paperwork or because, you know, the, the last clip to bring it out to the last convoy coming out to us, uh, got blown up. So they were short vehicles, so they couldn't get another convoy. Like there's just um, multiple reasons why that didn't happen. Right. Yeah. I think that, that, that sort of moves into what I'm, I'm, yeah, that's why I went into nursing, right? So for 20 years after being in the military, I couldn't be police or fire or paramedic or any of those jobs that I've always wanted to do. And, and I was constantly searching for sort of meaning and purpose in my life. And the work that I did was good. You know, I helped people in the fitness industry, but I, there was still something missing for me. And I think that's sort of relating to what that guy's talking about, right? Is like he had, he had that meaning and purpose with his job, but sometimes he wasn't able to, f- to uh, fulfill it because of external circumstances. Yeah. Absolutely. And that would be very difficult, right? Yeah. Especially sitting in a room full of like, you know, pipe hitters who were just like, yeah, the, you shut your hole. <laughs> it, took, <laughs> it took a lot of balls for him to stand up in that room and say, you know, Hey, I did have some issues. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you know, it, for us, we were looking at it very, narrow-mindedly right like that nobody else had any input in what was going on over there and you don't realize until you get later on in your career and you start looking at you know how the different trades actually integrate with each other and how they deal with each other Mm -hmm. to to gain that kind of knowledge right it was just kind of a humorous story right and it it, uh, highlights that (laughs) oftentimes people who are uh, supply techs are are former grunts right yeah (laughs) broken down grunts that that uh, remaster and do a different trade and then they know on that you know like what it means for the troops to not get their supplies yeah and that you know the further you are away from at times the further you are away from 
you know, the battle or, or, or having something that you can actually do about it, the more, you know, sometimes it can be actually more difficult for the individual because uh, they feel like they have no say or no hand in, uh, in the process or in the results. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It's one of the hardest things is not being able to actually do anything like physically yeah. just watch yeah, being, happen and not be able to do anything about it. It's like an injured athlete, right? You're going into the playoffs and you hurt your leg and you can't play in the playoffs and support your team. Like that's a tough thing. Yeah. Yeah, it really <laughs> yeah. is. So yeah. let's move on from, from that point. And I have another one and this is going to be a little tricky for you. I think we'll see what happens. <laughs> Which do you think is more important? And I know this is going to be a tough question because I've been having trouble with this one for a while. So there's the acceptance of your strengths and your accomplishments, right? That's you adding worth to yourself. You're saying, you know what? I can do X and being, you know, actually proud of being able to do something like I can, I'm really good at explosives. I was always really good with the math and the setup and the layout. And I could, you know, I just love doing it. It was my forte while I was in, but I like, I can, my physical ability to that adds worth to whatever organization I'm a part of. Mm -hmm. And then there versus learning from your actual failures and challenges. Now, both of those things are extremely important because, you know, learning from your failures is how you develop skill and worth that you can then apply to something else. But which one of those things do you think is more important? As I put you on the spot. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and you have to choose one, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you can't come back with some sly comment saying, oh, you know, I think they're both... <laughs> both are worthy, absolutely. You know, you need both yeah, those to get when you were in the world, but... Yeah. Well, without, um, yeah, that's a good one because without the ability to learn, you're likely not going to be developing, but you'll have your strengths as they are, but your strengths are always able to be polished as well. Right. Yes. So I'm the, I'm, I'm of the mind that the ability to learn, uh, is, is more important and, and learn and grow because, you know, if you want to think about, um, you know, a community or a group of people or a family or an organization, the more that that organization or group can grow together and learn from their experiences, the stronger it's going to be. Um, you could have the strongest group of people in the world, for example, that you know, want to use a, 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 a team, right? All of the best players in the NHL on the same ice. But if they can't learn from their mistakes throughout the year, perhaps they won't make the playoffs, right? And that's just one way to look at it. But I think that's, that's really important. And, and that's one thing that I've learned in my life is like, man, if, if I'm not willing to learn and grow from the things that I, you know, the, the times that I'm falling over, then I'm only going to end up with the few strengths that I do have. And uh, they'll only take me so far. Absolutely. I, I'm of so, the same mind. Yeah. I think, you know, um, yeah. learning is such a, an interesting mindset to be in. And it is one of the most humbling experiences you can have is to actually say, you know what, I don't know what this is, or I don't know how to do this, or the ability to see an area of growth and then start at ground zero. That is Mm -hmm. one of the toughest things. And you see this all the time in um, martial arts, especially, you know, people will will start Mm -hmm. and they'll start getting a little good and then they get pwned basically for lack of a better word. (laughs) Right. And, uh, and then people will stop coming back or, you know, they'll hit a, they'll hit a move that they can't quite get and they just keep working at, keep working and they never get it. And then they stop, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they hit a little bit of, uh, adverse positions and 
they stop coming. And I think a lot of it has to do with the humility to just keep going and to ask for help. That's the other one, obviously. Oh yeah. But learning from your failures, I, you know, I, I tell my son when we're doing jujitsu and we're doing stuff that, you know, you either win or you learn. And I kind of take loss right out of the picture because Mm -hmm. really that's what you should be doing. You know, if you don't win, you should be figuring out why you didn't win and then learning from it. Yeah. And then like the more, the more you learn likely, even if you're not on the podium, right, the more you learn, it's cliche to say this, but the more you learn, the more you win. Right. Absolutely. And over time, that growth it just transitions you into a, a, a better and more functioning human being in this world. So, um, you know, as an example, I'm going through school right now, right now, and just the simple act of writing a paper and doing it, <laughs> doing it the right way, and 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 following, you know, certain, you know, the APA format. Oh, I hate APA. Is a, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'm having to do that now, right? And and I I used to love writing, you know, journaling and blogging and that type of stuff, but now I'm having to sit and oh yeah, this has to be, you know. Uh, you know, five spaces this way, and it has to have you know twelve space, uh, twelve font, and so on. But I think you know when I look at it that way, it's this is difficult, and it's not my strength. Well, then I can just sort of pull back and stop, or I can say, you know what, I'm going to adopt a learning mindset and figure out each little piece of this over time and get better. And you know, over two years of of being in school, I'm fairly certain that I'll be a stronger writer. And that's that stronger writing skill will also lead to being a better communicator. And it will lead to ultimately being a, a stronger nurse because I'll spend less time doing charting and, and that type of stuff and more to be able to spend more time with my patients. Right. So I think that's a, a good way to look at that in terms of, you know, my new career and my new life. And, and uh, I think, yeah, I definitely think learning's the, yeah. the, the more important, I think, the other side of it is shortly, you know, shortly after, I think they're almost evenly weighed, but like you said earlier, right? Like you can have strengths, but if you don't be, if you don't have the ability to learn, you'll never actually go anywhere with those strengths. They'll just stay the same. Whereas if you can Mm -hmm. learn and then apply them to your strengths or learn and then make them make things your strengths, then you can continue to add worth there. Right. But I, I agree with you. I think learning is definitely the key to, to really anything when it comes to, uh, developing your own worth and developing um, just the worth of, of around you. Because really, you know, the people around you is such a big part of how you grow, right? The the people you surround yourself with. And if you mm-hmm. are the type of person that learns from it and uh, learns from things and grows and develops, people will either follow along and be like, wow, look at what so-and-so is doing. They're going to be, uh, you know, Carl's going to be a nurse. This is going to be awesome. We should, you know, maybe I should go back to school and get my degree and like it just gives people a little bit of a nudge in that general direction if they're of that mindset mm-hmm. otherwise then they just are like fuck that guy he's never around blah 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 blah. <laughs> yeah well then there's the the uh, you know if you we can look at people in two ways right if somebody is doing something to better themselves one we can be jealous of them and and uh, you know try to pull them down or we can be excited for what they're doing and like you say sort of build off of that energy and think about what it is that we can do for ourselves well you know to uh to increase our our strengths and and (laughs) polish our weaknesses as well at the same time yeah absolutely i mean you know i'm a big proponent of um jocko willink and i think Mm -hmm. he went back and when he switched from enlisted to Officer, he went back to school and he got, he became he got uh, he majored in English mm-hmm. and 
was taking cl- classes like um, something with like syntax and just like the the minutia of the English language, right? And um, at one point, you said, "You know what? You want me to hand in a paper? I'm going to hand you in the best friggin' paper I can manage right now." And then whatever issues that come back on it, then I will fix them and I will hand you back the best fucking paper I can give you right now, right? And it's just it's always that mindset of I'll give you my best at any point in time and then not be upset when that doesn't come up to standards, right? Because if you don't know the standard, then, uh, or if you don't, or if you miss something or you don't know something and you get corrected on it, then you can learn, right? It's not a loss. It's a learning experience. Mm -hmm. And then you can Mm -hmm. uh, continue to hand in the best work and it'll just slowly get better and better and better and better. Yeah. That's like uh, going through school, cheating all the time, Yeah, (laughs) you know, right. So you can get, get really good marks. But then there's one day where you can't cheat, and then you get a terrible mark, right? So I'd rather I'd rather follow the the, the way where you're actually getting poor marks, but yet able being able to learn from them, so that you can you can grow your skills over time. So same way Jocko did it. Actually, I was just thinking about that when I was doing doing this paper. Oh, nice. I sat there for probably an hour trying to think about how I can do this perfectly, and I thought, holy smokes, like. <laughs> This is something that I work with my clients with all the time, right? There's no such thing as perfect, yep. but there is optimal. optimal. And there's optimal given this moment right now. So what is optimal for me, <laughs> right? And so I just started writing. And sure enough, about an hour later, I've got 750 words that I can now polish over the next two days. Nice. So now here's another, I'm going to give you another real uh, quick, well, I can't say it's quick, but it's another little dichotomy. And I, <laughs> I want to know your answer on this one because I'm usually on the opposite side of most people. So, um, <clears throat> you know, giving, as you're saying, you know, hard work is important. As you just said, you got to be able to put the work in and it deserves credit because it is both bold and brave to put forward, you know, the work in the small steps to get anything done, especially when doing something that you're not good at, or you're not, uh, polished at, as you, as you said, but here's the question. Do you congratulate yourself in terms of, uh, recognizing your forward movement and then just carry on as a like a good that's done okay move on right or do you celebrate each of those achievements in terms of like yay and you give yourself a little pat on the back and you you know take a five minute break and okay here we go and carry on so like you know you're writing your essay you make it through your word count and you're like sweet I have enough words I'll you know take a second go sweet take a breath and then start editing or do you Go sweet, I'm done for the night. I'm gonna go have a beer and go sit down, and you know, celebrate <laughs> that that's done, and then leave uh, more for later. Yeah. What do you think is more effective? I think I've. It's what's interesting about that is, I think I've. It was you know Marcus Luttrell always says uh, from Team Never Quit podcast. He always says when you get to when you get to 40 years old, you start to actually integrate the lessons that you've learned in your life and <laughs> start to make sense of it all. Yep. And, and I really, I actually really, you know, it, it, age is not, I mean, it's not when you turn 40, suddenly things change, but it's maturity, right? Yes. And I've sort of, ch- over time, as I've matured, that has changed for me. There was a point where everything for me was hard work to prove the fact that I, because I, you know, because I live with epilepsy. I had to prove to everybody that I can do something right mm-hmm. in order to, you know, when I was doing Spartan races or triathlons or that type of stuff, I had to work harder than everybody else so that I could get on the podium just to say, you know what, look at me. Like I, I have epilepsy, but yet I can still do this. Yeah. 
there was no celebration whatsoever at that time. It was all about the hard work. It was sort of like, sort of like the David Goggins mentality, right? <laughs> Just smash myself into the ground and, and uh, don't celebrate that at all. Um, but I also recognize the fact that there's, you know, the, the concept of Kaizen, right? There's constant and never ending improvement. Mm -hmm. And just because I've reached level one, well, it doesn't mean I sit back and stay there, you know, and, and celebrate uh, <laughs> for a long time. It's just like, I can have a quick celebration and say, wow, I've, I've reached level one. Now I'm going to move to level two or towards it. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm going to build off of that momentum. And I think if I, if any of my clients or <laughs> my coaching clients are listening, they would say that I recommend celebrating your wins, but doing that in the vessel of um, continuing to move forward. Because without that forward momentum, uh, we may fall back and uh, just rely on that celebration, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So, yeah, you and I are actually yeah. of the same mind. I, I, most people I know, when I ask that question, they usually are like, yeah, celebrate it, man. You, you achieve something. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Celebrate. Take the time. You know, um, I'm, renov I'm renovating my basement, right? And uh, I had finished framing the whole place. And I was like, sweet. Framed. Yeah. All right, time for drywall. Right, <laughs> like it was uh, instantaneous, and <laughs> yeah, my move on. my wife was like, yeah. "No, you should, you know, take a minute. You know, let's let's walk around, take a look, um, come hang out with us for a little while because you've been in the basement for the last two weeks." Right, <laughs> like, um, <laughs> but she she wanted me to celebrate that achievement that that one thing was done, mm -hmm. and I was like, "I will celebrate when the basement is complete." <laughs> and be yeah. because I'm very task oriented, right? I'm, I'm thinking, what is mm -hmm. the, the long game? I need to get the basement done. But I, I'm I'm of the same mind in that you have to recognize the forward movement, right? I I still recognize that the framing was done. Yay me, whoop de doo, right? But as <laughs> soon as that was uh, recognized, it was on to the next task. Let's keep mm -hmm. moving forward. And you know, there there's um, utility and celebrating your achievements, right? Like that's, it's a good thing to do, but you can't celebrate yeah. every achievement. right? <laughs> no, because, you know, you think about video games, right? When we were, when we were younger, I mean, playing, you know, uh, Donkey Kong or yep. Mario brothers. And, you know, like at every level, there was always a brief celebration, but then all of a sudden the next level started. Yep. Right. You know, like you always had your eye on the end game, so to speak, like in chess, but you know, you just, you always know like, okay, I want to keep on moving. I want to keep going. And then, um, you know, if you think about the military process, you, you, you go to basic training, you know, it's, you know, eight or 12 or however many weeks, depending on when you're joining the military, but you're looking at, okay, so this is eight weeks. I got to get through this week and I got to get through the next week. And you, you sort of have your mini celebrations throughout that process. And then you go to battle school yep. <laughs> and then you realize, oh, it's 16 weeks and this is actually harder than basic, tra <laughs> basic mm -hmm. training. So I got to start all over again. But, you know, there's continuous movement. And if you were so focused on the end game without the ability to celebrate the small pieces along the way, you probably won't get there, right? Absolutely. And, yeah, and that goes back to what we talked about earlier, right, is celebrating those mini evolutions because if you don't do that or, or at least looking, okay, you know, I'll, I'll, I just got to get to lunchtime and then I'll quit. Yeah. <laughs> but when you get to lunchtime, you say, oh, shit, I made it to lunchtime. Yeah, maybe I can okay, make well, it. Well, now I can... Yeah, right. So 
Um, so the eye is on the end game, but still every time you move the, the piece on the chessboard, so to speak, you, you have that sort of really brief mini celebration, but with still with the mind and the end goal. Yeah. I, when I was an instructor, I used to, um, I, I would mess with my guys a lot. And one of the things I would do is I would, you know, give them a task and I'd give them a timing as per normal. Right. Mm-hmm. And then as I recognized that they were either getting good at it or they were starting to, you know, make my timings, then the timings would change. Mm-hmm. The task would get harder or the, uh, so I, I would never give them a point where they were like, ha ha, I did it. Right. <laughs> like, you know, I, I want you changed and all your gear on outside in five minutes and they'd run upstairs and they come back out and it'd be like five minutes and two seconds. And I'm like, Oh, next time it's going to be four minutes or mm-hmm. next time I'm going to be with your rucks or, you know, something like that. And that, that way in my mind, I was, I kept moving the chains on them. Mm-hmm because I wanted them to recognize that, you know, you, you can see you're getting better. So keep getting better. Like you don't just mm-hmm. get to where you're like, ha ha, now I can rest on my laurels or now I'm done because, you know, in combat, it's never done. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not until you're home. Well, yeah, well not even that. Like when we, um, yeah. you know, we'd be in Massengar and we'd get a rocket and then we'd get a QRF call. And we'd jump in our truck and everyone would drive out and we'd do, you know, patrol and we'd deal with the clearance and we'd deal with um, being on sentry. And you can't, there's no letting up, right? Doesn't matter how tired mm-hmm. you are, doesn't matter what time it is, you have to be on, uh, on point 100% through that whole thing. Get back in your vehicle and then the drive home, you might get blown up or there might be another call or you might be something else. Just to get to Mastercard, yeah. where you'll then get rocketed again. Then you have to go turn around and do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So it's like, that's what I mean. It's like I wanted, I was driving that point home in that you can't stop. You can't and go, ha ha, I am done. Because there's none of that, mm-hmm. especially in, you know, combat arms. That's not a, not a thing we can do. No, exactly. Well, that's like the, the you know, with the constantly moving finish line, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I always, uh, you know, with my clients, I always tell them that, right? It's like, you know, it'd be, it's great to have a finish line, but it's even better to have a finish line that's just out of your reach. Yeah. You, know, you can just about get there and then you know that, okay, well, I got to work a little bit harder next time, but you don't have to, you know, push yourself too hard to get there, but it's just con- continuous, you know, forward movement and it's just ever, ever moving. And I think the finish line uh, stops moving when you're in the grave, right? Pretty much. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I heard a um, a quote from somebody. I can't remember what it was, and it was like, "Showing up at your own grave, uh, showing up at your own funeral as a pristine, super clean body is great, but there's nothing quite like sliding in sideways to your gravestone, going, holy crap, that was a hell of a ride.'" <laughs> <laughs> shit i'm almost late yeah exactly oh man i almost didn't make that one Holy <laughs> it just made it yeah that, that uh, kind I of like, mentality I like right that concept yeah i like that idea and, and you know we talked about david goggins earlier and the one thing that i really like about him is that when he talks about um you know if there is judgment at the end of our life you know i want to be at sort of standing in front of the judge uh, and then the judge writing things down because you know, we sort of ex- exceeded the expectations. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of like that, but not at the not at the the uh, the extent where we're we're not able to lead lead uh, a good life too, right? It's yeah. we've got to have those many moments of of break, small breaks, and 
you know, when you get to the top of the mountain, you sit for a little while, you have a little bit of lunch and you enjoy the the view, but then you start walking back down. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I have this, um, yeah. I made this little meme. Well, I can't say it made, I, I stole it from somebody else, obviously, but it's a four panel comic, you know, and it's a guy climbing up a mountain and he's always like, oh, almost there. And he climbed a little bit farther. I'm just about there. And then you can see the crest and he's like, aha, just at the tip. And then as soon as he crests that, you see more mountain. <laughs> and yeah. uh, the, the original meme just kind of ended with like, ah, oh, fuck. And <laughs> I changed it to good. Mm-hmm. And it just, it made that much more sense to me. Especially, uh, you know, again, I'm a Jocko fan. So the good kind of made sense yeah, for me. But, good. Yeah. Uh, but that's my mentality, right? Like if I'm climbing something and I'm like, oh my God, that's just taking so long. I'm almost, okay, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Okay, I'm done. <sighs> Now when I look up and there's more, I'm like, yeah, all right, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, that reminds me of an exercise that I that I did recently for myself and and uh, thinking about all of the 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 events, the things, the people, uh, you know, that that were challenges in my life, right? And and going through that list and thinking, oh yeah, so and so bullied me when I was a kid, or I didn't make this team when I was a kid, or or you know, when I had my first seizure or whatever it may be, right? My, you know, a family member getting sick or um, rather than looking at those things as as negative or bad, looking at them and saying, thank you. Like, thank you for that opportunity to to become a better human being through this process, right? You know, so that idea of good, you know, like I got to go through those experiences. Yep to uh to channel you know to to see what i would become through that and uh that certainly makes makes it a lot easier to look back at things and say wow okay that like you know even though there was a time that was difficult for me after um you know uh, you know bosnia um, i look back at it now and think holy smokes like i wouldn't be doing the stuff i'm doing now and i wouldn't have the empathy and compassion for other people had I not gone through what I went through. No, so. exactly. You know, one of the things yeah. that I think one of the hardest hurdles for a lot of vets when they get out is being able to look at that and being able to see mm-hmm. those challenges and those difficulties. And the, um, you know, when I was in uh, my last few years at 1CR, I was very bitter corporal. <laughs> <laughs> I was very angry and very bitter. And I didn't realize a lot of it was um, symptoms of post-traumatic stress, but I just mm-hmm. was like a uh, friggin' place and these people and I'm getting screwed over and blah, blah. And I was looking at everyone else and saying it was their fault. And, uh, once I got, you know, I got promoted and I had a, um, a really good warrant. He actually held me to task, which was one of the big ones. Cause he actually wrote me up for being, uh, insubordinate. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, that it kind of, it was a slap in the face. Like it was just like, Oh, right. I'm still in the army. I'm still like, there's a, level of decorum that I need to maintain. And then he kind of built on that. He, he micromanaged me for a little bit and then he, you know, backed off on me as he, as I showed competence. And then as I showed more competence, he backed off more. And then my mood changed, my attitude changed. And then, you know, I got my posting as an instructor and then that just kind of built from there. And the keys to that was that he was showing me that I was fallible, like that things were my fault and I needed to be able to build on those. Yeah. And at, at, the, at the same time, I also see that building your self-worth, you know, based on our conversation today, right. It built that worth with, within you to get to the point where you felt like you, you had a place in the regiment again. 
if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's yeah. exactly what it was. And, and, you know, I think a lot of it was, um, I got put into a higher position or by like by quite a bit. At one point I was the troop warrant as a corporal and <laughs> let it go to my head. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, I started falling back on rank instead of actually leading my troops. And a lot of mistakes that I made were, I figured them out eventually, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, didn't see it at the time, but that's, that's the key to learning, right? You have to be able to, it took a lot of introspection to be able to get to that point too. So mm-hmm. that's a, that's a really tough thing to go through is direct introspection and being able to actually hold yourself accountable for everything. Um, so now we're, we're going to move forward from that into the lightning round. This is the first time I've actually, right. I've never actually had a lightning round before. This is brand new. I just figured this would be a good one to do. That's like the mad minute. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so I want you to tell me the worth of certain things and just give me a little blurb on what you think about it. So mindfulness, the worth of mindfulness. Yeah. Oh goodness. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> on the spot, man. Here it goes. The, the light, the lightning round. Well, I think the, the more mindful we are uh, in, in all areas of our life, that is going to add to, uh, you know, and just having more awareness of the worth that we have, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it makes yeah. Sense. so so if I'm if I'm mindful of the you know, the fact that uh, you know I'm alive and I'm I, I have gifts in my life and I have strengths and I have a family to support and you know all that stuff. If I'm mindful of the way I speak to people, if I'm mindful of the way I move and and uh, how I how I learn and all of that, that will lead to in some ways me having a, that purpose and meaning that I was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. And and that then leads to building that self-worth. Yeah, I agree with you for sure. My yeah. little snippet on mindfulness is that it is it is it is a way to reattach yourself to the moment. Mm-hmm. And one of the like I was just down at my family's ranch in southern Alberta and you know where Longview is? Mm-hmm. South of that by about an hour. It's just past the Bar U ranch. It is right in the foothills. Uh mm-hmm. And you just, it looks directly west of the mountain. It's unbelievable country. It, you know, I, I call it my happy place because it really is. It's absolutely gorgeous. But mm-hmm. there were a couple of times we were doing the branding with a bunch of calves and there was a bunch of stuff going on and there's horses and uh, people with branding irons and there's needles everywhere and people have knives and there's like, there's stuff happening. It's crazy. And I stopped at one point and I just was staring at the mountains and listening to the air and feeling you know, the horses moving around me and the, uh, the little noises they made and the calves uh, mooing at their mom and their mom's mooing. And I just took in the moment mm-hmm. and smiled and then carried on with doing another hundred some odd one-legged squats while I kneeled down to do stuff on the calves. <laughs> <laughs> but had I just focused on the work and I just like, oh God, I got another one and I got another, I got to do this, got to blah, 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 blah. It can be overwhelming, right? Mm-hmm. And to just take that second of mindfulness and reattach yourself to the moment and just go, okay, I'm here. I'm in this absolutely beautiful country. The wind is blowing slightly. Uh, The smell of um, the horses and the smell of the fresh air and just like everything can center you in an instant. And Mm -hmm. and you can get a shit ton more done when you're in that mindset, right? Okay. Absolutely. I think that, yeah, I think that uh, is a good way to look at it. Okay, so moving on. Here's a tricky one. Self-doubt. So self-doubt in relation to worth, you're saying? What is the worth of self-doubt? Oh. 
first thing that comes to my mind is uh, self, like if I'm doubting myself, then the, the other side of that is is coming out of, of that doubt, right? Um, it's it's forcing me to realize that I'm human and uh, I can be humble in that process and uh, build from there. Uh, I'm certainly not perfect, <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah, I really think that's what it is. I, yeah, I agree. Really? Yeah. yeah, it is yeah. a marker of humility, I think. And, yeah. Um, I think what it really does for you, as long as it doesn't take over, right? If you're not mm-hmm. just constantly overwhelmed by self-doubt, but it it gets you to prepare more or it gets you to work harder or it gets you to do uh, the research that much more, right? Like it, if you were sitting there reading something that you just wrote and go, you know, I just, I don't really, doesn't doesn't sound quite right. You will polish the shit out of that. <laughs> Oh yeah, and yeah. Uh, there was a couple times with training where I'd be polishing boots, and I'd look at it and I'd smile and I'd see my teeth and I'd be like, "Yeah, that's pretty good." And as soon as I said "pretty good," I was like, "But it's not fucking good enough." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think about you know time in the military too and self doubt. You know, as a young recruit, right? You're never good enough. Yeah, you're never fast enough, and so it just forces you to work harder and work faster and and work smarter and more efficient and figure out ways to get around things so you can meet your timings and, and, and do the things that you need to do. So yeah, I, I like that. Yeah. Um, it's a tricky one though, cause it can take you mm-hmm. over. Right. And you can, mm-hmm. that's where a lot of people get anxiety from a lot of uh, depression and a lot of, you know, a lot of major mental health issues can come from self doubt, mm-hmm. but it has to be, it's gotta be like an icing on a cake, right? It, it can't be the cake. <laughs> it's gotta be, <laughs> It's the the highlight, the filling inside. Filling, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's that little bit of self doubt that drives yeah. you to work harder, rather than uh, than just like doubting your entire worth. Right, it has to be just a just a touch of it. Anyway, okay, last one. Are you ready for this one? Mm-hmm. I hope so. Confidence. What is the worth? The worth of confidence. Because it's a tricky one. Because it could be, you know, it can lead mm-hmm. to uh, cockiness. Um, mm-hmm. I can't think of the word for it right now, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I think the first thing that comes to my mind is when I am confident that I can do something based on the history in doing whatever it is that I'm then I'm likely more willing and more able and more ready to take on that task. If I'm overconfident, though, there's a there's a difference, right? Because then that readiness state won't be the same. Right. Yeah. So it's the fine balance between overconfidence and confidence, but yeah, definitely, if I'm, if and when I'm confident, uh, you know, you just think about this doing these podcasts, right? It took me a long time to get to the point where I was confident enough to, to start doing, you know, an actual podcast. And as soon as I started doing it, <laughs> it was actually pretty darn easy. Surprisingly, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, but it took it took a bit of time, right? The self doubt was much stronger. And but it forced me to work towards learning and asking people about it. But then it got to the point where I was more confident, and then uh, you know it led to taking that last step and and you know no longer straddling the fence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't agree more. Uh, you know, it is a it's very important, but it needs to be tempered. It's yeah. Uh, you know, I like I liken it to the the way we were taught in the military is that speed and violence of action make up for a lot and mm-hmm. that is basically confidence if you have <laughs> that's what you know it it, mm-hmm. it is a lot of things but it can be taken too far 
just like mm-hmm. speed and violence of action, right? And um, if you're not controlling the speed and violence of action, then you are just running around being crazy. Mm-hmm. And if you're not controlling your own confidence with that touch of self-doubt, you're being overconfident, you're going to lead yourself into mistakes, you're going to, um, you know, you're just going to be cocky and all that stuff. So it can lead you down a really bad rabbit hole, obviously. Yeah, it's like walking around, walking around in bear country with your headphones on. Yeah. Being so so confident that there's no bears gonna, <laughs> you know, well. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of people that, in that... society still believe, you know, it won't happen to me. Can't happen to mm-hmm. me, right? They never actually conceptualize that they could technically uh, get mauled by a bear or mm-hmm. something. Um, you know, you yeah, you we we're talking the same thing. We're preaching to the choir here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so that's all the questions I have for you. But you said you had some questions for me. So I, I certainly do. Yeah, let's do those. Ones. Yeah, we're going to change gears a yeah, little yeah, bit. Switch it uh, you know, like yeah, my podcast is about you know adventure, right, and health and wellness and adventure. But I think a lot of the stuff we talked about today, we can we can relate to adventure. Absolutely. And and uh, one of the things that I always want to know from people is when you hear the word adventure or the when you think about the idea of adventure. What does that mean to you? I mean, what do you see? What do you think? What do you feel? You know, express that however you want to f- express it. A quest. A quest. Yeah, that is, that is exactly yeah. it. When I think of adventure, I think of a quest. When I was young, uh, my parents read, oh man, I, w- I would have been really young, like five or six. My parents used to read big, advanced novels like Lord of the Rings and Dune and uh, The Hobbit and just things that were way out of our uh, comprehension at that point in time. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, the way my stepdad would read it was had, uh, he had all the different voices down and he had this, uh, he had a really great orator's voice and he could really describe the, the quest, the quests within the quests of the books. Right. Because every, one of the things I love about adventure, the concept of adventure is that it's, uh, I liken it to, <laughs> Uh, you know, in the military, we have the saying, no plan survives first contact. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what an adventure is, right? Like if you say, I'm going to go to California and you just start driving, well, you'll get there, but you're going to make a whole bunch of twists and turns and you'll get wherever you're getting, wherever you, whenever you get there. But if you set out a plan and you say, okay, well, I'm going to go here, 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 here. And then you start driving. So many things are going to go wrong on that plan. <laughs> you're gonna get a flat tire in the first day right exactly and uh or you're gonna take a wrong turn it's gonna take you down this weird road and you're gonna come up with like it's good it's just gonna be bad or you're gonna run out of gas or you're gonna you're gonna meet somebody at a pub that you were gonna have lunch at and then you're gonna stay an extra night in an area because these people were awesome you had this great time and that's what an adventure is to me it is it is the quest right it is the the pinnacle objective the goal this is where we're gonna get and then the adventure is everything in between that. <laughs> yeah, I love that. It, um, when I when I go for my trail runs in the morning, I have a general route that I think I want to follow. But if I ever see a trail that you know shoots off the main route, I think I wonder where that goes. Yeah, <laughs> and then I head down there until it gets to the point where I'm bushwhacking and going through water, and you know. It, but to me, it's it's perfect. It's it's part of the adventure of trail running, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and your your description of you know going on a trip to California with no plan, 
is perfect to me. I, you know, I often think I'd like to have you know some sort of camper van or a truck that I can camp in and just just go. Yep. And that that would be a perfect adventure. So um, that leads to the next question: is you know, with respect to adventure, what are are you working on in terms of an adventure uh, at this point in your life? Oh, geez, um, a lot actually. <laughs> um, uh, so I'm uh, I'm a parent. That's probably the biggest adventure you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got two little boys. One is turning seven in August. The other one is turning uh, three in couple of weeks now and they are they're the biggest adventure i've ever been involved in that's for sure uh, <laughs> you know anybody with kids knows if you have a plan throw it the fuck out the window <laughs> it's not gonna work mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. but yeah. definitely that one i'm also the um i'm one of the national organizers for the canadian walk for veterans and that is a massive undertaking uh that has me you know, working with 14 teams across the country from uh, as far over as uh, Halifax to Victoria and back all, all places in the middle. And um, just trying to figure out, you know, timings and multiple events happening on the same day at the same time, how to integrate, you know, challenge coins into that, how to integrate the messaging, what theme to use this year, what uh, development are we going to have happen? And then all this, you know, COVID thing happened. And now I'm being forced to, I can't say being forced to, I get the opportunity to develop the, the virtual side of the mm-hmm. walk that I wanted to involve in anyway, but now I just have to flesh it out more. Uh, and then Yeah. So you're just being, you're just being forced to do it or you get the opportunity to do it sooner than, than you wanted to. Yeah, absolutely. And then on top of that, yeah. I'm also, developing a an equine assisted learning assisted um, therapy retreat for vets and first responders uh, and developing a program and a plan to introduce horses and what they can do to for veterans especially and um, and first responders because we live the same you know uh, horses and soldiers have they share the same mindset almost entirely and then on top of that, the ability to ride and the ability to uh, pack up into the mountains and just be with nature and your brothers and living off the land again and just reconnecting with your own self in a place where <clears throat> nothing is going to interrupt that uh, is very important to me. So that's another one of the major adventures that I'm currently involved in. Uh, nice. And you know, advocacy in general and helping out my brothers and sisters that are uh, either still serving or uh, I've recently gotten out or uh, first responders. And, you know, I have, I got a lot on the go, but I try to keep, try to keep balance as much as I can. I'm also studying jujitsu, which is a heck of an adventure as well. <laughs> oh yeah, There's nothing absolutely. quite like getting choked out by people half your age and uh, get your body tied in knots by like a 90 pound girl and <laughs> uh humbling yeah. for sure but it's a great great journey uh yeah, my 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 only experience well I, you know of course being in the military we did a little bit of wrestling and stuff but uh, uh i had a i took a group of high school students to uh to see the ryan mcgilvery from yeah. legends in edmonton i don't yep. i don't know if you know him well, i know of yeah uh of him yeah and uh we got to the the building because I was I was the coach for the the school I was the strength coach there and we got to the building and Ryan said hey Carl so before we get started here 
you and I are going to roll. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so I got to roll for a, a, about 30 seconds uh, or two rounds with, with Ryan. It was a lot of fun. It was, I still have the videos. You know, That's awesome. That was, that was, a, that was a nice little adventure. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and, and moving into the last question you know, is when think about somebody who is thinking about you know, anybody who's listening to this, you know, they're thinking about doing an adventure of their own or starting some sort of adventure, whatever that is, whether it's getting off the couch and walking around the block or climbing a mountain or creating a project, what is your advice or encouragement for them? I got two words, left, right. <laughs> That's and just keep repeating. That's it. And you know, a hundred percent, everything that I've ever yeah. done in my life, that's all you have to do is start. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. first thing you need to do is take the step to the computer, take the step to uh, the gym, take the step to mech where you need to buy your stuff. Like it doesn't, doesn't matter what it is you want to do. You need to physically get up and go do it. Right. But mm-hmm. you can't lay, be laying in bed one morning and go, you know what? I'm going to break the record for sleeping. I mean, sure, you could do that, but <laughs> you still need to, <laughs> right? You need to tie yourself out before you can break that record. You need to get up and get your phone mm-hmm. so you can call Guinness Book of World Records. The very <laughs> first thing you need to do is fucking put your foot in front of you and then put your other foot in front of you and just start. Because mm-hmm. until there's a, there's an old saying, it was, uh, when is the best time to plant a tree? Right now. 25 years ago. <laughs> 25 years ago. Yeah. What is the second best time to plant a tree <laughs> right, <fucking laughs> right now? Right now. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it is, it's so simple, but it is absolutely accurate. There is mm-hmm. nothing more important to getting started than just starting. Mm-hmm. That's that. Yeah. And I think also, also being vulnerable enough to ask the questions yep, absolutely. That, uh, that need, that you need answers for. Right. Oh, hundred percent. You know, uh, the, the humility it takes to, admit you don't know and then mm-hmm. on top of that ask for help <laughs> it is it's it's difficult for sure but um yeah. people look at you with more respect by asking questions than they do of you failing right like if you just you're like i'm not going to ask i'll just try this and then you fail and you quit or you can say hey man you know i've never done this before can you give me a you know some pointers just like what this this whole podcast is right like you're People are listening to this right now going, man, if all, you know, what, what can I do to get started? And they hear you and I say, get fucking started. That, that might, <laughs> Just, that might be it. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, it, it is in many cases in my life has been the one thing that's moved me forward. You know, most of the jobs that I've got over the years have been me going to talk to somebody about their business. Hey, I want to learn a little bit more about your business. And then I walk out with a job. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know, when I started working with horses after the military, uh, I talked to my psychologist who, who is the one that started me on equine therapy. And I, uh, you know, I saw such leaps and bounds out of working with horses in terms of my mental health that I was like, man, I need to, the rest of the guys. <laughs> like I, uh, so mm-hmm. she was like, Oh, you should go talk to this guy. And I was like, all right. So I gave him a call and went down and talked to him and said, Hey, this is what I'm looking at doing. I could use some help. And then him and I started working together and then he started teaching me, uh, you know, the basics of training horses. And then I started helping him train his younglings and then, uh, like a yearling and a couple of foals. And, uh, I started working with him on my own riding and my own skill. Like it just kind of bloomed from there. And now we're good friends and we, you know, we hang out quite a bit whenever we can. And 
Uh, we still work horses together and we still do stuff, but it is, it all it took was me going, Hey, do you know anybody that could help me out with this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then following through on. Yeah. Don't be afraid to ask if the worst thing that can happen is the person says, no, sorry, I can't help you. Right. And then <laughs> you've learned something. That's yeah. not even a bad thing. You're just like, okay, cool. This guy can't help me. Check him off the list. Mm-hmm. Move on to the next one. You got it. It's uh, yeah. such a simple thing, but so freaking hard to pull off. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So the, you're, you were talking about the, the, the project with the horses. Where do people find information about that? If there is information right now, uh, there's nothing on that right now. Um, okay. I'm still, so there will be, yeah, that's a will be, I was hoping to get started this year and then, um, COVID hit. <laughs> and I was just like, so oh. basically, basically the best thing to do is follow you on social media. Yep. So where do people find you? Absolutely. You find me, uh, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I am master Corporal Burl, So MCPL, B-U-R-L-E-S. Uh, and then you can also right. find out stuff on the uh, Canadian Walk for Veterans. We have a website, CanadianWalkForVeterans.com. Uh, or you can check us out on social media at CanWalk4, the number four, Vets. And uh, there you go. that's everything on it there. Yeah. And yourself, where do people yeah. find you? Yeah, they'll find me, uh, Instagram and Facebook. Uh, you know, if you search in Carl McPhee, so K-A-R-L, M-A-C-P-H-E-E. You'll generally find me, whether it's YouTube or Instagram or Facebook. Um, that's where I, I hang out. I'm also on LinkedIn now. Ooh. And same thing. Fancy uh, dancing. Carl McPhee. <laughs> yeah, I used to have all, I used to have all those apps, but then, then I ditched my social media, and, but I came back to it. Uh, and I've, I'm, I've that's, it's, so over these last number of months, the, the power of social media has been evident in my life. And uh, that's you know how we've created the Sheepdog community crew and you know mm-hmm. all of these things and also there's the ruck for remembrance which is very similar to your walk for veterans as well yes um you know and we're we're raising money and awareness for veterans and first responders uh via wounded warriors so uh, ruck for remembrance is the the name of that uh, event too so perfect uh, well, yeah. I just want to thank you, especially for coming on here. It has been a great conversation and I'm really looking forward to putting this online because I think a lot of people are going to get a lot out of this conversation. It's going to be awesome. Absolutely. And the same goes for you. I appreciate your time. And um, like we said, we're going to be <laughs> sort of doing a, a two for one here. This is going to be on my podcast as well. So um, you can, you can listen to it on either end. You don't have to go to, <laughs> yeah. to mine if you've already listened to it on chances. That concludes this episode of the toolbox. I want to thank you for listening. I hope you were able to use some of the information that was offered. I want to thank all those putting it on the line for us every day. Military, veterans, first responders, and public servants. Keep up the good work. I look forward to bringing you more tools for your toolbox. And until next time, stay open, stay humble, and stay focused. Chimo.